we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. Welcome back to part two. Part two. Back to the future. Back to the future? Oh, never mind. Part three? <laughs> Which one was the western one? I think that was the third one. That that was my favorite. Yeah, they get stuck. No fuel. <laughs> we got plenty of fuel. Could you imagine nowadays if oh, if Lord, all of a sudden going? if all of a sudden like a giant EFP went off, all technology was down, no power, no nothing. We would be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be rough. I mean, you think you know him? What eighties? When he like the '80s era, go back to Western times. They're like, uh, because it was he he landed, hid the car, or something. Yeah, he hid and in then, the cave. And then or like something. cowboys come running up to him or something. Oh yeah, cowboys at him. and Indians chasing yeah. each other. And... <laughs> Be like, what on earth? <laughs> what did I step into? <laughs> it's like me and basic. Yeah. I knew what I was getting into, and I still was like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do to myself? Too late now. <laughs> yep, no Clinton here. Which we, uh, we're we on the, the – is the law dead? Uh, ben went and uh, totally picked apart Galatians. So well, I, think, I, I didn't get to chapter six, but yeah, we picked apart Galatians yeah, pretty good. Which I think the, the nail was pretty I, I much mean, driven. Yeah, you that, know, that nail's repeatedly. driven through. The law the, is dead. The law the, is dead. The the woods beat with the hammer, <laughs> splintering yeah. everywhere. And the thing is, this is a subject, honestly. I mean, I have a folder with like over 60-something verses. I mean, you could totally just beat the dead horse till it was dust, but, you know, <laughs> there's no sense in it. Yeah. Right. But we went through, you know, Galatians. Galatians, you know, Paul lays out a, you know, pretty fundamental, you know, foundation to, you know, the law is dead. Uh, which yep. I love the book of Hebrews. You know, the book of Hebrews uh, goes in and gives you the whys. So, yeah, we know the law is dead. So now we'll look at why or how is the law dead. And this is something that I looked over quite a bit. And when I seen it and read it, I was like, ah, oh, it brought a whole new appreciation. You know, I mean, I, I've always believed that the law was dead, but once I got to digging and reading in here and seeing the hows and the whys, it just it made even more uh, impression on me. Yeah, that was kind of like me. Like I said uh, the last episode there, I kind of was, you know, the old, the the laws minus the Ten Commandments. I figured, you know, those were dead. But now, 
I look at it like all of it's dead. Because like you said there in Galatians, you know, if you love, you're not going to, if you love them, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to cheat on them. Your love fulfills the law. Yeah. So therefore, like we said before, it's, it was a placeholder for Christ. It was, it was a, a guidance. It was, guidance it was a tutor. in the word, a tutor. Yeah, it said it was yeah. a tutor. Well, let's dive right in. we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, so if you turn to Hebrews chapter 6, uh, I'm just going to start with the last verse because it, it's kind of like a segue into chapter 7. Uh, so chapter 6, verse 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek, uh, if you remember Abraham, after he went and saved Lot from all those men that uh, went in and sacked uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they took Lot with him as a prisoner. So Abraham got his, uh, his mighty 300 men and went after and uh, defeated these uh, mighty kings and their armies and got Lot back and all the things that they had stolen. And on the way back, they bump into this mysterious guy called Melchizedek. And this is the first time that in Scripture we ever see that someone holds the title of not only priest but king. It said that Melchizedek was uh, the king and priest of Salem. You know, in, in in English, Salem, you know, is peace. You know, he was the king and and uh, yeah, it says right there later on peace. Chapter seven, it says king of peace. Yeah. So uh, in my notes for that, I, it says, uh, you know, this is in my opinion, and a lot of scholars, you know, you know, align with this view. You know, this is Christ prefigured or what they like to call a Christophany. Uh, know ye not that ye, uh, ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells within you. Behind the curtain was the holiest of holies. There was only the high priest that could enter. Jesus is that high priest, and the holy of holies is your heart now with the new covenant, right? Right. So when we talked about the veil being torn, you know, in the last episode and what that meant. So when we get into chapter 7, the subtitle says, uh, The Priestly Order of Melchizedek. Mine says Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If it it is, in fact, Jesus. Yep. Yeah. So it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Now, I have like a little notation here on Melchizedek says Jesus who was the word from John we know that in the beginning was the word the word was with God and that the word was God equaling Jesus right so before he was born of water you know which it refers to you know a a natural birth you know a woman's water water, breaks and you come forth you know he was of spirit made flesh so before this birth, he had no mother or father without beginning or end and remains a priest forever as Melchizedek is described in the verses found here. 
when you go back to that account, it's in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. It says, Abraham has a run-in with him. This king and priest, same titles given to Adam at creation, after Abraham gives him the spoils of the war, this man brings out what? The bread and the wine, just like Jesus in the Last Supper. Yeah. What does Abraham bring out before God himself and the two angels before they go and destroy Sodom? Bread and wine, wasn't it? What did Jesus himself present at the Last Supper? Bread bread and wine, wine, wasn't it? Following the crucifixion, disciples run into this stranger who seems to have a lot of history and scriptures. They, They invite him in. They did not know it was him until he took out the bread and And wine. It was then that they could see the holes in his hands. Also, for Christ to ride into Jerusalem as the returning king, that would mean that he would have to have ruled before, right? Okay. Okay. Some believe this is Shem, Noah's son. Shem in Hebrew is the hidden name of God. For this, if this be Jesus, a friend to Abraham and Shem, that he may set up the very order through which he came, and though which he comes again in the end, perhaps that prophecy may be fulfilled. I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the name that reigns forever. So that's just a little background on the Melchizedek right. character. Right, and at the same time, you know, Jesus showed up in the fiery furnace. Where else? Oh, uh, one. Uh, when uh, he was going to sacrifice uh, Isaac. Uh, it says yep. the angel of the Lord appeared. Right. Jesus appeared, and that was a foreshadowing of the cross. Yeah, and gave him, <laughs> gave him a... a wasn't there a lamb or something? Yeah. Or said he would he would provide the sacrifice or yeah. something. So so yeah. you know so saying this character may or may not be Jesus is not far fetched. No. So, I mean, if he he showed up multiple times in the Old Testament. Yeah. And the, and what a lot of scholars and stuff they call it a, a Christophany. That's yeah. a big word. Yeah, Christophany. But uh, going on in verse 2, it says, And to him Abraham uh, portioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. That doesn't sound like any human no. man I've ever met. Without beginning or end, mother or father right. reigns forever. Verse 4. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. Of battle. Yeah. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tenths from the people, that is, from their brothers though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his uh, descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and (laughs) blessed him who had the promise. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. 
In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. Verse 9, one might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Talking about Abraham. Right. Okay. Uh, this subtitle for verse 11, Jesus compared to Melchizedek. Here's where the author draws the parallels. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, okay, for under it the people received the what? The law. What further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek? rather than one named after the order of Aaron. Verse 12. Mine says order of Levi and Aaron. Yeah. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. So in my notes it says, this is why Jesus was the returning king. The law was being changed. And that's why the Pharisees bucked so hard. A new covenant slash law was coming, and with it, a new priest and king, Jesus Christ, then be obsolete and lose all their important status. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, I mean, you got to look at it. You know, their whole their whole livelihood is being a priest, getting paid. The getting, teachers of Israel, yeah. yeah. They would be obsolete if, if this, this new law came. Right, and it's almost like you're trying to protect on. It's a power struggle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why they rejected. They would they would be nobodies in this new system. <laughs> okay, so verse thirteen. But they could be somebodies. Oh if yeah, they you tra- know, if they did worldly like, thinking, well, fleshly yeah, thinking. Yeah, it, well, I mean, yeah. look at look at Paul. Yeah, they could have been a Paul, and how much more benefit would they have been? Yeah, but look at Paul though. He traveled around town to town, only off beat. the alms that he Poor was guy. given. I only had a place to stay when people took him in. Yeah. These Pharisees, they were the richest oh, of, well, the, see, of the people. Th- and the thing was. Had all the money. and Paul used influence. to be a Pharisee, so he knows that lifestyle. Yeah, he's seen both sides so, of the so fence. So that's even, I mean, I hear it all, you know, people's like, oh, there's, you're, you're full of it. There ain't no, you know, there ain't no Jesus. There ain't no God. It's just something someone's trying to brainwash. Why would Paul give up everything? For nothing. And why would all these martyrs yeah. be killed? If all they had over, to do was denounce it. Yeah, over a joke or something. Yeah. You know, so that's... They died that, for it. That's bull. Yeah. You know, anyhow, we're getting yeah. off a sidebar. Yeah. Verse Go 13. Ahead. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah... And in connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about the priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of the indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. This is you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 18. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside 
because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Uh, verse 20, And it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus a grantor of the better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the utmost who draws near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. In my translation, the NLT, it actually says instead of he, mm -hmm. it says but because Jesus lives forever instead yeah. of he lives forever. Yeah, they know. 26, for it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above all the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. You know, the new Mine priest says Jesus. perfect high priest forever. Yeah, under the new covenant. Yep. Uh, chapter 8, Jesus, the high priest of a better covenant. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right, right hand. hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Which goes back to that Satan episode we did. Yep. Satan was at the right hand when Jesus right. ascended. He went to the right hand, so therefore Satan was thrown down because what? There was no longer a place for him. Jesus Correct. took it. Uh, verse 2, a minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord has set up, not man. So what's the true tent? We are now the temple of God in this new covenant. Uh, verse 3, for every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. When I read this, and it talked about the, the giving of gifts, okay. okay, it made me think, I'm like, where else have I heard that? Well, Jesus' resurrection in Ephesians, it talks about that when he arose, he led a host of captives and giving gifts oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to men. So this is where that all ties in together. It's yeah. a priestly thing. So right here it says, remember in Ephesians. We were the captives. Yeah. And see, here's Shame where I always got to it. Shame old law. Yes, sir. Sorry. Sorry. Take He's the punchline killer. Uh, remember when Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 and, and Jesus, when he uh, ascended on high, he led a host of captives free and giving gifts to men. This covers the gifts part. His gift was salvation. And as high priest at the right hand of the Father, he offers sacrifice and intercession for us daily. Now what about the captives that he led? 
Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. The law is a curse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 through 57. The law was a death sentence. Romans chapter 8, verse 2 through 4. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So, therefore, what you're saying is if the old law is the law of death because we sin, so it's the law of sin and the law of death, that Christ is the answer? He's the life. And, but he said that, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. I'm the way. I'm the truth. The truth and, and I'm the life. life. No man coming to the Father. Except for through, through me. Through me. Not by the law. Not, not by your works. Nope. Only me and one me condition. alone. I am enough. Yep. But I thought that was so cool. I, I was like, we're burning this down. Yeah, son. man, to the ground. Uh, <laughs> but when I read that, dude, that was just such a mind-blowing thing. I was like, God, thank you for showing me that. Yeah. Because I've read that for years, and I always just looked not. at it in my spiritual uh, yeah. lens. Because, I mean, I, you know I mean? I love the whole Deuteronomy 32 worldview, the fallen angel, stuff like that. When it talks about he went in and uh, uh, the depths of Sheol and yeah. proclaimed to the prisoners, in, you know, right. in, in prison. Yeah. But then when he ascended, that's when he went into heaven to be this high right. priest and intercede for us. It said he led a host of captives free. And I've read people saying, oh, well, that's... You know, like the Romans, when they defeated somebody, they would parade the captives, you know, as a victory dance. Yeah, that, but they didn't maybe, set them free, though. Maybe he kept the yeah. fallen angels in chains, but just paraded them around heaven, like, hey, look what I've yeah. done. And I've heard so many just crazy, yeah. you know what I mean, stuff that really didn't make sense to me. But well, then when I seen that, I was yeah. like, that makes perfect sense. We are the captives, yeah. and now we are free. Right. Free from the, the law. law. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't see parading. The, I mean, they've been in prison for how long now? Oh yeah. Once you get that, that battle was won a long time ago. Yeah. What's the point yeah. in a victory dance now? Yeah. Hey, look, we uh, we beat Germany the first time. Yeah, that's like us oh. doing a doing a parade for yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. world wars now. I mean, come on now. Right, going ahead, verse five says, "They serve a copy and shadow." of the heavenly things for when Moses was about to erect the tent he was instructed by God saying see that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain so you know this is you know the tabernacle and temple were uh, modeled after the one in heaven you know it's that whole on earth as it is in heaven theology right. you know they were also mirroring creation you know creation to the Jewish people uh, it was uh, earth was God's temple earth was God's temple it was, it was mirroring the, the, the heavenly things you know every temple has what it has priests and in Exodus it says I'm calling you to be a nation of priests so the right. priests were covered in the temple which is earth and what else does a temple have it has graven images right okay. that's why it says you are the imagers of God you were made in his image so therefore all the things of a temple were in creation. That's why he even said, 
unto you, you will make no graven image. Of course, not to serve no other gods, but because you are the image of God. Right. The image of, yeah. You know, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's a mirrored thing. Uh, verse 6, but as it is, Jesus Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant. He mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would not have been no occasion to look for a second. Right. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I have made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds. I'll write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach each other his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Uh, verse 13. In speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. I, and, I mean, that's clear as day right yeah. there. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Verse 10, 4 verse, through 6. Chapter 10, you mean? Yeah, chapter 10, verse 4. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. And we already talked about how the Talmud records, you know, the Day of Atonement, the, the, the blood-stained scarf stopped oh, turning yeah, white. Oh, yeah, right. The and, bell ripped yeah, in two. All those things. I mean, And I love to... Uh, Acts chapter 17 verse 30 gets rid of anybody's ignorance because it says plainly it says the times of ignorance which is the time of the law God overlooked but now he commands all people everywhere to repent you know the time of ignorance is over right yeah because if you didn't have the law you didn't know law I guess that would be ignorance ignorant means you don't know Right. Yeah. So unless you knew, maybe you wasn't held accountable or something. I don't know. You know, because what would you say? 600-something? 613. <laughs> That's insane. It's a pretty hefty list. Well, I mean, look at the laws in America. Yeah. There needs to be like four. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the, the writers of the New Testament saw that the Torah pointed to a new and better covenant. Genesis chapter 9, 3 through 4, we talked about uh, in the, the flood episode. Before the law, Noah could eat everything moving. Or, this is a direct quote. Everything moving, every moving thing that lives. Right. He could yeah, eat that's it what then. he said. Yeah. This was, you know, yeah, right when Noah got off back, the boat. You know? Yep. 
Romans chapter 3, 21 through 24. The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 3 through 5, and chapter 4, verse 13. You know, and we talked about this in Galatians. It says, you know, Abraham believed, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. The promise to Abraham didn't come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans chapter 2, 29. But a Jew is one inwardly. Circumcision is as a matter of the heart. You know, an extra biblical book, Jubilees, chapter 1, verse 23, and this is Old Testament, says, I shall cut off the foreskin of their hearts for a new covenant. John chapter 1, verse 17, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know, and I, I like to like pick apart some little things because you know it says so all food is clean now i don't have to kill goats lambs and pigeons no more where does it you know specifically say that at matthew chapter 15 verse 17 through 20 jesus himself said nothing that goes into the mouth can defile a person but what comes out of the mouth can what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart Oh, so yeah. He's saying, you know, the food system. It's not gone. what you put in, it's what comes out. Yeah. You know, Mark 17, uh, verse 14 through 15, it's the same retelling of that same story I just mentioned. You know, food, there is no laws on the food no more. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, deceitful spirits and demons teach requirements of abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving. It's wicked teaching. It says it right there in First Timothy. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 7, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know, Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 4, you know, Christ was the end of the law. It specifically says that. But then you get some of the people that try to be coy, and they're like, oh, so when we kind of touched on it lightly, yeah. I'll hit verses with it, you know, okay. fight it with the Scripture. It says, so we just throw out the law, keep sinning, because, you know, all's forgiven yeah. now. Yeah, all's just, forgiven, yeah. so who cares? Yeah, you know, and let's, you know, if we're being honest with each other, let's not be coy. You know yeah. what I mean? With the, you know, do we just keep on sinning? Uh, Romans chapter of 3, course not. verse 31. Paul says, do we overthrow the law, which is, we talked about earlier, the right. Torah, is what that word is, it's Torah, by this faith, by no means. We uphold the law, which is the Torah. The Torah has good, sound, moral teaching. We don't throw it away. We should strive to be better every day, but it's no longer required to please God. Here is why a new covenant had to come. And that's, I mean, that would be one of the verses you take out of context. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the old law still there. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, of course, the old law still has truth. You know, murdering somebody is not, a good thing to do. Like we keep saying, it's yeah. just no Obeying longer requirement. Obeying your parents. Go ahead. Thing. I tell you right now, you tell my boys what disobeying me gets them. Yeah. They do, not, they do, not, they do not like it. Romans chapter 2, 23 and 25. You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision, indeed, is of value 
if you obey the law, but when not, if you break the law, your your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. They they talk about circumcision a lot. Yeah, the heart and the the real one, I guess. Yeah, it but, is cleaner. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Romans chapter three verse twenty seven. What becomes of boasting? By what kind of law? By the law of works? No. But by the law of faith. That's worth bragging about. About a gift that's freely given that you could never earn. You know, Romans chapter 4 verse 15. The law brings wrath. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. And I got a star beside uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 14 and 15. It says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. You know, it says plainly here that we are not under the law, but grace. But with that being said, we should not continue to sin because God will forgive us. The law's good moral teaching, except for the whole not, you know, cutting your hair, shaving your beard, or eating pigs, or fish without scales. Those were to set his people apart in a crowd and try to keep them healthy. Pigs and fish without scales are filthy creatures and bottom feeders of the land and the sea. You know, you touched on that earlier, you know. That, you know, that can carry, you know, diseases, potentially. You know, just because we can never achieve perfection doesn't mean that we should stop striving to be better people slash imagers of God. But one I, I really love, uh, Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. It says, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is Jesus. It's red letters. You know, the law was heavy. You know, and, and Christ is saying that, you know, my salvation, my gift is light. Oh, yeah. Why would you want to go back to that? All you have to, to do that? is accept it. Well, it talks about the crowns and stuff you receive. You know, I, I, right. I tell my wife kind of joking, jokingly, I'm like, heaven is not uh, communism right. or socialism, well, I guess. Well, it's, Everybody it's, gets the same pay. Everybody like gets the right same here. house. It's no, like, you earn it. It's like this right here. Okay, so in the military, you get paid for your rank, right? But if you do That's something... That's a good analogy. If you do something outstanding, you get an award, Okay. So, you could be in the military for 20 years. You retire at 20 years. So, you can be in the military for 20 years, and you just, you're just a little sergeant who's just did what all, the, the bare minimum you could do just to stay in the Army. You might have a couple ribbons on, you know, a couple metal ribbons on your uniform. And then you got this guy who's went above and beyond. You know, who might be a master sergeant or a first sergeant, you know, sergeant major. You know, those are higher rankings if oh, you don't know pay, military. And, well, yeah. you get that. But their their ribbon rack is huge. And when you go to, like, a ball before you deploy or it's a ball, you know, you wear your dress uniforms with your ribbons on your uniform. Oh, yeah, you're showcasing. So, which one do you want to be? The guy who barely skated by with a couple ribbons? 
or do you want to be the guy who's made it through life the best he could do and has all these ribbons to show for it? You know? And yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of an analogy to, you know, represent heaven, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a because good one. Because it's, sense. you know, you can make it in with the, you know. Bare minimum. Your bare minimum <laughs> on fire coming through the gates. Glory. Or you can walk in with crowns upon crowns to offer God, offer Jesus back because that's what it says, right? Yeah. You give them back you to Jesus. His feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you want something to offer or not? You know. But I like where it talks about, you know, you know, he's saying his yoke is light because uh, in Acts chapter 15, uh, these Judaizers, like we talked about, were saying, oh, all these Gentiles, you know, they need to be circumcised. Oh, yeah. Uh, they need they to be saying. following the law. And, you know, yeah, Jesus, yeah, that, that stuff's real, you know, but it's not enough. You still need to do all this. And this is, uh, you know, his uh, response down here in verse 10 is just amazing. He says, He's responding to all these Judaizers talking to the Gentiles. Yeah. He says, Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Yeah. You know, so he's saying, you know, why are you trying to put a heavy burden on these people that even us and our forefathers couldn't bear. You're setting them up for failure. Oh, yeah. And that's not what you're supposed to do. No. That's not loving, is it? No. Which to finish up, and I can admit, okay, I can admit, like I said in the first one, when I first started doing this, it was to prove a point. You know what I mean? But then when I read it, man, it just humbled me and brought it to a whole new light for me. So, you know, you do get the people that, that, that are kind of coy with you. You know what I mean? Smarty pantses. You know, yeah. Like, well, oh, it so we, just, we can just keep on sinning. I mean, hey, you know. No, of course not. You know what I mean? And they don't believe that neither. You know they don't. I mean? They're just trying to. So I got some answer point, backs. I guess. Some answer backs, I guess. Some hollabacks. Some hollaback. Hollaback <laughs> so, so if somebody's like, well, wait a minute. I just Googled these verses. Okay. Explain these okay. in defense of the law. John 14, verse 21. Whoever keeps my commandments, he it is who loves me. So if you're not keeping the commandments, then you don't love Jesus. It says it right there. What's your response? Well, which commandment are you keeping? What commandment did he give us? Well, I'm pretty sure he love. said to love that's the, what he's talking about. Love right. fulfills the law. Lo, yep. He ain't talking Love about the 613 laws. No. So, therefore, yeah, Google another one. Okay. So Let's Google another one. Google another one. one. Uh, we come up with uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 17. And this is Jesus' red letters. He says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Well, he just says right there, he's not abolishing the law. Okay. Well, if he fulfills the law, then the law's taken care it's of. It's completed, right? right? You fulfill something, so, it's so, completed. It's done. So when you complete digging a hole, you don't still dig a hole, do you? No. So if it's fulfilled, if it's completed, it's no longer. And the thing is, too, is 
the law is what we just read and talked about in episode one. It's the Torah. Yeah. And the then I law. said the other part yeah. of it was the prophets. It says both of them together here. So it's talking about the story right. of the Old Testament, the law or the prophets. Okay. It says he's come to fulfill them. So, so therefore, therefore it's completed. It's over. It's finished. Yeah. And then, and then and they just wanna... like Just like we read in Galatians. I mean, it was there as as a guideline, as a directional path to set you up for when Jesus come. Yeah. And then they'll want to use the next two verses right after it. 18. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass away from the law until it is all accomplished. But if God, if Jesus come, it was accomplished, right? It was, yeah, duh, yeah. Fulfilled, it to was com- accomplished. Okay, but at the same time, if if Christ said, like we mentioned already, he's come to fulfill the law, so it's done. We've already read that the old law, the old covenant's over, and now we have a new one. They got these love each other, man. Yeah. But I hate how people cherry pick and then leave out the last part of it. What's the last part say? It says, yeah, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, not one, not a dot will pass away from the law. Well, what's the last four words say? Until all is accomplished. And what he means by all is accomplished, all the prophecies of the oh, Old yeah. Testament that pointed to Jesus. Yep, and they're done. They're done. He's done Cain. And then the next verse, 19. And here's where we talked about the whole, you know, it's having socialism and the ribbons analogy right. you use with yeah. the military. Yeah. And they use this one too. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, so therefore, if you become saved and you just like, psh, I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved. I can do, do whatever without I want. Wilt. Do without yeah. wilt. You're but, forgiven. Nope. You're going to be the least. You're going to barely make it in. But if you keep going the way God, the, the way God's path is showing you to go, and you better make sure it's God's path, not the devil's path. Because like we, my fate, one of my favorite sayings, if he can sweep angels out of heaven, he can talk us into anything. Oh, yeah. So you got to be careful. If you're going the right way, doing what he wants you to do, you're gonna create. You're gonna you're gonna get more ribbons of accomplishment. Of you did this, you did that. And the thing is too is like with people that bring that up, they they skip the verse twenty. It says, "For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven." So what he's saying is is well, the scribes and the Pharisees, they they prided themselves and bragged in the law, their works. Right. They were supposed to be the holiest so, men in, on earth, yeah. but they were even falling short. And they're not going to make it because that's what he says here. He says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven because you don't get there by works of the law. I'm nope. the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except through me. Yeah. And he did it because we couldn't. You know? Yeah. Like the dinner reference. He yeah, paid the I mean, bill. 
But, and it and it was, but he was per, he didn't have to pay for nothing. No, you know it wasn't his meal to pay love. for. Exactly. He and, knew we and, didn't have the money to pay for yeah. it, so he he paid yeah. it for us. And and for us to try to try to brag and boast bra- in the do, law, do our own, do our own work in his to, face to to justify our own selves. It's an ego because thing. we know we don't deserve it. So that's all that is. Works is just you trying to justify to yourself that you got something that you don't deserve. You're trying to please your ego, but that's not what that's not no. what needs to be done because it's a slap in the face. Well, do you, you got anything else to add? You got any more in your notes? Not in the notes. I have more to add, but we better not. Okay. <laughs> well, I will close with we this. We don't need to get political no, too yeah. far in it. But uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, okay? And this is red letters. This is Jesus. He said, Neither is new wine put into old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wine skins, and so both are preserved. You know... To me, it's pretty clear cut. The new wine is the is the the Gentiles, the the new covenant, or the, the is the is the Gentiles. You know, it says so. The Gentiles, it says the new wine is not put into old wine skins. The new believers are not put into the old law, because if it is, it says the skins will burst and the wine will be spilled and destroyed. So. If you, try to t- if you take Gentiles, new wine, and put yeah. us into the old law, we're destined to fail. You're gonna and fail we'll regardless. fall to the ground, and then in, in the process, the law will be destroyed too because nobody can fulfill it. So therefore, Jesus says, new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so good both analogy. may be preserved. That's a good analogy. Something new happened at the cross. And God and his word screams it at you. And, oh, yeah. and in my humble opinion, you're can. deaf and blind if yeah. you don't see it. Yep. That's what I was about to say. If you ain't got it so far, then I don't think we can help you any other way. No. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Keep digging. And let's all work on being better imagers of God and loving one another. That's I think right. that's what we should take from this. See you next time. See you later. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. you got to dig. <laughs>